you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Hey, everybody. We're back with the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Thea and I have a really exciting episode today. You're not going to believe what this innovative general manager at a restaurant in Massachusetts is doing to empower her team, her staff. As you know, the staff either make or break your business, and this takes things far beyond what an average restaurant will do, and you can't wait to hear why. I'm really excited that this episode is brought to you by Cabbage Cabbage gives small businesses just like yours access to a line of credit up to $250,000. You apply online, and the kicker is you can get an immediate decision. There are so many reasons uh, in your restaurant business that you need extra cash. You need it fast. You need it now. You don't have time to wait for the decision, and here is a solution. Cabbage is a line of credit, so you can request the exact amount of cash you need. You never have to reapply for more money, and you only pay for the cash you use. Cabbage has helped more than 130,000 businesses in every industry, lots of restaurants, as I mentioned, with over $4 billion in funding. Cabbage is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and was named a Forbes Top 100 company twice in a row, so it's really worth checking out. So if you need quick cash, go to cabbage.com slash restaurantrockstars, and just for listening to this podcast, they'll give you a $50 gift card when you qualify. Again, that's cabbage, and that's spelled with a K, not a C, cabbage.com slash restaurantrockstars. So check it out today. Qualify, get your money fast. The line of credit is subject to credit approval. See their terms and conditions. All cabbage business loans are issued by Celtic Bank, a Utah chartered industrial bank member FDIC. Now, on to the episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. So glad that Thea is joining me once again. We have uh, a lot to talk about. Really interesting. Two words come to mind today, Thea. What's that? Innovation and empowerment. Ooh, I like. Right? Yeah. Isn't that cool? So obviously in this business, you got to innovate constantly to stay ahead of the competition. But I've always been a huge believer in empowering the staff. So recently I've come across a Massachusetts-based restaurant that has taken both those words to the next level. Pretty exciting stuff. They're called Branch Line. I have not heard of them. What is it? Well, Branch Line is a full-service um, restaurant that has an outdoor patio and a bocce court. It's a neighborhood place, you know, in Watertown, yeah. Mass., which is a, a suburb of Boston. It's a really cool neighborhood place. And they had uh, a slow time of year, winter. They had literally three months. And the general manager came up with this really innovative idea to empower her staff to open up pop-up concepts within this restaurant during off or slower times that were completely different from the existing restaurant space. So they're using that the same kitchen or they're literally like a booth? No, I think it's using the existing facilities. But the innovation and the empowerment part comes in in that she divided her staff into two teams and they each had to come up with their own pop-up concept. One was a cafe, a breakfast cafe, and the other was a wine bar. Oh, so interesting. different day parts that they weren't already serving 
but the empowerment part came up in that I always say that there's thousands of details to running any restaurant and there really are so the staff literally had to put the restaurants together these pop-up concepts from scratch and they had to do everything it would take as if you were starting a new restaurant except the staff were empowered to do it. What a fun way to introduce new concepts into an existing restaurant even to beta test whether something would work. And interestingly, we'll get to that, but okay. both concepts flew, and they're going to explore continuing these concepts because it obviously brought in additional customers for different ideas that they weren't already serving. Different times of day. Different times of day. But what really strikes me is the empowerment concept because, you know, you've got restaurant personnel, you've got cooks, you've got hosts, you've got busters and servers and bartenders and all the typical staff but very few of those people really have the skills it takes to start a restaurant or they've ever done it before. And so the GM empowered them from soup to nuts that they had to come up with a menu, they had to come up with a name for the concept, they had to brand the concept, they had to market it on social media, come up with the photos, the Instagram, oh the whole nine yards. But we're talking right down to picking the ingredients for the menu, costing out the menu, figuring out profitability, giving them sales goals and cost of goods goals that they had to meet, the whole nine yards. So it was like a crash course in starting a restaurant. That's awesome. And I and thought, wow, how cool is that? Talk about buy-in, right? Like how excited they must be to be working their own concept instead of just arriving and punching in. Yes, and, and it turns out that, I mean, they were working on this stuff morning, noon, and night. They even set up, you know, there's that, that Slack app where teams can communicate yeah. outside of the office and all mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So they set up a Slack for, this, for these two teams, and they were constantly collaborating, and they were sharing, and they each took little pieces of the puzzle. But they came up with, say, you know, a burger on one of the menus. And then quickly the question is, okay, what's the portion size? And what, what, you know, what is going to be the accompaniment to that burger? And you got to literally put all the ingredients of what it's going to cost on the plate and what are you going to charge for it and how profitable, what's your target food cost? I mean, that's just one piece of the puzzle. Right. And that's obviously the profitability piece. And now you've got to pick a beverage selection in the wine bar. You've got to pick all the wines and, and the perfect accompaniments between the food and the wines. I mean, you know, the details are endless. Yeah. And then the marketing piece, the naming piece. It was just, just way cool, right? I just thought, imagine that. So it really triggers, you know, my philosophy way back when with our restaurants in that what I found really, really interesting when first starting first starting the restaurant the employees really thought that you know the owners are rich and every time we sell a steak the money goes into the owner's pocket and all that kind of stuff and they had no idea all the different costs involved and the risks involved in opening that restaurant they had no concept i mean the mortgage and the payroll and the insurance and the cost of goods and you know payroll benefits and taxes and all the stuff that goes into it and suddenly this team these two teams that started these pop-ups we're figuring out all those little details and how it all either was going to be a success or not and whether they were going to make money with this or not. And it turns out they learned a ton. Three months later, they opened these pop-ups and they brought in hundreds of customers for each one that some of which had never even been to this restaurant before and yeah. found it through these social media Instagram posts and just these unique ideas of the pop-up. And now they'll become regular customers of Branchline in addition to if they continue the pop-ups during these times. And I just thought, wow, I've never heard of anything like that, but it is just so, so killer cool. So, and restaurants could do it even on a small, I mean, I, that, that's awesome. And to start a restaurant could do it just with 
desserts or instead of branching off into mm-hmm. an entirely different concept, they could start by having staff, if they were trying to empower and help them understand the whole process by creating a new dessert or even a new night like Taco Tuesday or you know something maybe you don't traditionally serve Mexican food, but on Tuesdays the staff came up with a whole menu and did that. Um, you know, that's something similar, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that creates engagement. I think it, it creates longevity, a feeling of your contribution matters. It creates and fosters teamwork and, and, you know, camaraderie and spirit and all those things. And that's the plus on the inside. And then actually come up, coming up with something that has a marketing power to it that brings customers in that has another profit center to the restaurant is a whole another piece. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, when we taught people... Well, I mentioned a minute ago that, you know, the staff thought every time I sold the steak, the money went into my pocket. But then that triggered this thought. It's like, I want to educate these people and teach them what it really is, what it means to run this business and how much it really costs. And every time a plate is broken, how that takes away from the profit and the next customer we sell. Or if we don't maintain our equipment and suddenly we've got a $2,000 repair bill on a refrigerator because someone didn't vacuum out the vents when they were supposed to. I mean, all this stuff affects your profit. So we sort of opened the books and I taught the staff food costing and menu costing what it takes to build a business. And in our case, the end result was our oldest or our longest standing employee that started as the first dishwasher, the first literally employee we ever hired at age 15, went on to start his own restaurant because of all the concepts and all the learnings that, well, he rose to be the kitchen manager, and he was the kitchen manager for years and years and years, and then we opened another restaurant, and then he transferred over there, and he started the kitchen there, so we got all the skills, but I also taught him the business side, and it started with this, you know, empowerment concept, and then he started his own restaurant, you right. know, which is really amazing. And then we had a server that started a small business within our business based on, hey, I can do this too. And she was empowered. And she made another concept similar to this. I mean, she started those painting classes with wine. So she was serving wine and people were coming in and it became really, really popular. When our restaurant was closed, she had her painting business selling wine. Right. And it became really, really popular based on this inspired, you know, innovative you know, empowerment idea. I think some people just really gravitate to it, but what a way to bring the staff together. And look at Jamie who started as a host and now completely runs that restaurant. That's right. Right? Yes. And the person who bought it was the bartender. So I think there's, you know, oh, yeah. it's just so the interesting. Crossover. Yeah. Well, you know, that's cro- that comes cross training comes to mind because you always need a plan B. If your kitchen manager gets hit by a bus or if somebody calls in sick, and you need that grill person, that saute person. I mean, we trained our dishwashers to, to jump on the fry line and cook the fries. And the fry guy was, you know, cross-trained to cook burgers. And the saute guy did something else. And we had servers that could bartend and hosts that could serve. I mean, we cross-trained people. So I guess the key learning here is training is not a cost, it's an investment. It takes time to train the staff. It, you have to pay them for their time up front. But think of the dividends long term in all the things that we just talked about. Well, and the excitement. I mean, that's I can just imagine. I mean, yeah. that's just something to be super excited about. Well, it injects fresh energy into your place, right? And it just, yeah. I mean, it's like launch pad. It's like shoot it off in, in a whole new direction and see what happens. It also reminds me, when you think about different restaurants and the different... Um, areas like retail or sales of mugs or sales of t-shirts or anything else that the restaurant sells or live music that can also be driven by the employees 
maybe the employees become the live music or they design t-shirts or their artwork is for sale on the walls. I think there's, it becomes such a place of ownership for them. And there's a lot of different ways to empower them that way. There really are. I mean, this can go in multitude of directions, but you're absolutely right. I mean, it all comes down to hiring the right people, training and developing them, and then empowering them. So it's it's not, you know, I hate using cliches, but I really trained people to think like owners and to treat everything as if they had to pay for it themselves. And once they knew that every time a plate broke, that was five bucks, so the next time we served a steak, we just lost $5 profit off that steak. You know... You, you put things together in, so that they can really visualize what the impact is of their actions. And then don't forget the recognition and rewards part is just so part and parcel with. You can inspire them, you can empower them, but then they need to be recognized for the contributions they make. Sure. And rewarded as well. And yeah. that's a whole other avenue that you know re- became a really fun part of running our places was just recognizing and rewarding people every week for making... A difference. We used to call it difference dollars because they made a difference. Right. And that inspired us too, you know, just the contributions that they would make and whether that was solving a guest's problem or helping a teammate or maybe coming up, like you said a minute ago, coming up with a new idea. Oh, we could sell these t shirts based on this artwork or whatever it was. Right. I mean, and that makes a center. huge difference. And you got to recognize and reward people for the contributions they make. Yeah, and it also reminds me when it comes to we were out um, having dinner the other night and we noticed that virtually all of the artwork was um, consigned. And we were um, talking about the fact that when you first open a restaurant, sometimes you don't, you know, you run out of money or you don't have enough money or you can't figure out how to, what the decor should be or how you should decorate. And whether the staff do it or someone else does it, that was another thing we wanted to mention was that's a great... Um, way for someone to have a lot of artwork that they didn't have to buy because that can get super expensive. Yeah, and that's just being resourceful, especially if you're featuring local artists in the community and it's a way to showcase their artwork. You know, I've always been a big believer in trading for services also and how can you promote someone else's business in exchange for fresh flower bouquets on the tables. Now suddenly you're promoting a local florist and hopefully business gets sent to the florist, but you're getting nice decor in your restaurant. I mean, there's... There's a million ways you can get value for services and reciprocate and help other businesses too. Building, you know, helping build local businesses. Right. Like the ski tuning, well, having the guy who did ski tuning come to the restaurant and tune skis while all the skiers were having dinner. And that was a hook, right? I mean, It was a hook that was great hooks. for the customers, but it was also wonderful to support another local business. Right, and I think they got lots of full-service business from it. This was just a quick tune while you wait. Ten minutes will put a, an edge on your skis and a coat of wax while you're having a beer or a sandwich or a pizza or whatever. But then if you want the full service, you know, or if you're looking for a new pair of skis, go down to Joe's Ski Shop, you know, whatever it was. So, yeah, I mean, all these ideas are innovative. The other thing that comes to mind what if you was if you're a restaurant that has some downtime, either you're seasonal or you have chunks of time that you're closed off days, you used to have folks come in and they could use the building and have events catered. When your staff wasn't there to do the cooking or wasn't open, they could host an event and have, you know, another company come in and cater it using the facility for right. a facility fee. Mm-hmm which is, again, still money in the pocket of the restaurant when there would be nothing because it would just be closed. It's just another revenue stream, and provided you just make sure that everything gets cleaned up and put back the way it was, I mean, that's a huge 
extra source of revenue, whether you're going to do the private events yourselves, which we did, we had lots of private parties, but you're right. I mean, if you've got a space and there's time when it's not being used, then certainly why not catered events? Yeah. Yeah. Or have your, yeah. Let your staff use it in some way. I yeah. I love all of those ideas. I love thinking about different profit centers at restaurants other than just the menu and the food. You really can't have too many profit centers. You know, there's retail, there's selling packaged foods to go and logo merchandise and having games in there, you know, whether that's arcade games and, you know, there's companies out there that bring in all that stuff. It doesn't cost you anything and they just take 50% of any revenue it brings in and you've got no hassle. If you've got an extra corner that can, and kids absolutely love those crane games, as you know, mm-hmm. you know, you yeah. put... <laughs> 50 cents in the crane and you try to win the stuffed animal or the candy and kids feed that stuff all day long and it just gives parents time to enjoy their dinner while the kids are occupied. So how did that work? A company brought the games in yes, and then there was a split on the profits? Yeah, this happens across the country. You know, they're, they're basically um, music services or gaming companies. You can Google this and just about any community I've ever been in has them where they have pool tables and they have arcade games and they have jukeboxes and all this stuff. And they, their business exists in putting these games in different venues, whether they be hotel lobbies or game rooms or restaurants or bars or whatever. And they, they provide a change machine that takes the dollar bills and turns it into coins. And then they maintain the equipment. If anything happens and it goes down, they'll come in and fix it. And all they ask is that you provide a space and give them an opportunity to generate revenue. And then they give you 50% of whatever it brings in. And they come in every week and they cash out the machine. They give you your, you know, they hand you the money. I mean, I think we used to bring in probably $1,000 extra a week or so, maybe $2,000 extra a week just in revenue from revenue these from games, games that kids, parents were happily throwing $10 bills at these kids just so that the parents could have a fun meal. So, you know, all it takes is a little extra real estate that's being underutilized that, you know, can entertain kids. If you've got a family-friendly concept and if you want to encourage families to come in, this is a great way. And I learned a long time ago that obviously, uh, you know, the kids want to go to the fun place and they often determine where the family eats out. Right. Or even if you're someplace that has unique or elegant wine glasses, or like the chicken concept when you used to serve wine out of chicken pitchers. Ceramic chickens, yeah. yeah from and then Italy. sell the pitchers. We did. Right? And yes. you see that, it reminds me of the heavenly bed um, when, which hotel was West that? Inn. The West Inn. And everyone loved their bed so much, they started selling literally all the components so that you could make your own heavenly bed at home. And I think in a lot of restaurants, if you think about something within your restaurant, that's a hook or something cool that's a part of your food or hard goods or anything that people frequently comment that they like, why don't you sell it to them when they leave? Well, interestingly, we're rolling out a new product we talked about last week. It's uh, We're launching How to Start Your Own Mug Club. And the mug concept, when people pay you to join and become a member of your mug club, the mugs actually stay on site and you display them there. And whenever your customer comes in, they get to use their personal mug. However, we sold hundreds and hundreds of mugs to these people to take home themselves. And they had their mug at home and they had their... So that was like a double profit center. Triple actually, because people paid us up front to join the club then we got all the extra revenue from the, the, the extra you know times that they came in. They brought all their friends and family to join the club. And then they bought these mugs to take home so that they could drink a, a logoed mug 
in the comfort of their home. So it's like, yeah, that's just another spinoff that has multiple profit potential. Or the pint glasses, low good pint glasses. Sold those too. Those are, they're also really great for gifts. People, Mm -hmm. especially if people are traveling to your area and they're looking for a fun gift or. We had them um, packaged as sixes. Yep. Remember you could buy six mugs, you could buy six pints, or you could buy them individually. And they came in a really cool gift box. And yeah, I mean, people are, that's the, that's the thing about retail. I mean, people are impulse shoppers and they see something and as long as it's visible, they're going to buy it. And you can package a gift card into a pint glass. We did that too. Wrap it all up. Exactly. You know, because people love to give gifts and it may not be top of mind as they're finishing dinner, but if they see something displayed or it's talked about, they'll remember, oh, so-and-so's birthday is coming up. You know what? I haven't purchased a gift. This is perfect. Right. I'll get them a gift card, you know, to this restaurant. It and it's again, it's bringing something to their to their awareness, I guess, that they might not be thinking of. But I love that. Like, there's so many times when I've needed a gift, and I'm usually, quite frankly, running around at the last minute looking for one. But any time that someone else has suggested something, and I actually get something ahead of time, so I'm totally prepared. I'm so psyched, especially around the holidays, Mother's Day. When else? I mean, all of any of those holidays, really, people love to give gifts certificates to well, gift cards. Yeah, I mean everybody likes to dine out and everyone has their favorite place. So it's only smart to sell gift cards and it's only smart to market them everywhere inside your restaurant. That's that whole internal marketing piece. You've got an extra product for sale, you might as well sell it and it gives you the upfront cash and then those people may not come in for two weeks to use it. So it's just a beautiful thing. And you can package it anyway. I just had this vision of yeah. if you have a pizza place, not that we ever did this, but if you had a pizza place and the card is actually embedded in a mini pizza box that gets wrapped up. That would be a cute packaging. So it's all about empowerment and encouraging your staff to come up with their unique idea. And yeah, encouraging unique ideas and contributions and not just because let's face it as restaurant owners, sometimes we get really, really close to our place and you love to use the term fresh perspective. Right. So that's, and and this goes back to the empowerment that we had, you know, train everyone to think like an owner and that's see what the guest sees before they see it. So you got all these employees that walk through the front door and they see things that your customers are going to see. We always empowered them to fix what was broken, a dirty window, a burned out light bulb, whatever it was. And you'd be amazed at how much stuff got fixed because they were empowered to do it. It was, it was just incredible. So you got to encourage that sort of thing and then recognize and reward people for these great contributions. But I really like that idea of, okay, let's start another concept within this restaurant concept. You guys are going to do it. You're going to go soup to nuts. Right. And you're going to come up with the uniforms and the menu and the name and the branding and the social media and costing it all out. And you're going to get a crash course in the restaurant business. And think about how much more valuable those employees are going to be in the future to that restaurant. Or literally... The, the life skills we just taught those people where they may go out and start their own business, restaurant or not. It's just, it's just a win-win. Or one aspect. If you have someone that, would be, that has retail experience and you haven't yet added a retail... It's time to start one. Then that's yeah. a great profit center. And yeah, what are their if talents? you don't know where to start, find one of your staff members that has a talent in that and have them help you. Well, that comes down to the regular, you know, your job application. When someone applies for a job, there should be a line stating, what are your special talents and interests and passions? And put and it to you. And you read that and you're like, wow, you know what? I could use, would you want to do this here? And that will trigger all sorts of ideas. Or perhaps one of your employees has worked for a catering company in the past and that's something you've been thinking about implementing but haven't yet. Then you have their 
wisdom and knowledge of how that works to give it a go. Definitely. So yeah, absolutely. There's so much talent there. And I think so often there's this feeling that it sort of comes from the top down, but the reality, the reality is it takes everybody and everyone has a special talent and they should, you have a wonderful platform to feature them. Well, that's the key to empowerment. It's not, it's a two way street. It's not from the top down. It's from the bottom up and the top right. down and it flows. It's just everybody. Ways. It's yeah. a, as you've said in the past, it's a family right? and that just fosters that family relationship when everybody feels honored and empowered and a part of the business. Then your turnover goes down and you don't have to constantly look for new people because they're so inspired and happy and, and engaged in your business because they're treated like equals. They're not treated as employees. They're treated as equals. And that's the right. key. Lead by example and then get out of the way and see what they can do. Exactly. And even when um, your employee ended up leaving and starting his own business, that was sort of a time of celebration. Oh, yeah. Not like, oh, gosh, right. I'm going to train them and then they're going to leave. Yeah, it was. It was really, you were so happy for him. Yeah, we, we absolutely were. And, you know, and again, you know, there was always somebody there to take that person's place right. because you're constantly trying to build up the staff so that they can assume greater responsibility. And that keeps them longer as well. You know, you don't want people in the same old jobs just doing the same old thing year after year. You want to inspire them and empower them to move up, contribute, and be all they can be. You know, like the host that turned into the general manager. And right. now he, he runs the entire show. It's amazing. And I don't know if he had any restaurant experience when he started. Well, you remember how he started. He was our child's daycare provider. Right, you right. Remember? And then hired well, as a, a host toddler. for evening, which was another um, testament to if you have a restaurant that's fun or that people really enjoy working at and the, and the employees feel like family. I mean, that was one of the reasons I think that he first started working there was he knew a lot of people that he were did. working there yeah, and he sure. had extra time. Very he was single person. and he was social. So he wanted to work there evenings and there was a host position open. So he took it and now he runs the place. It's just awesome. But he was also a nurturer and he had all these details in mind. He was a perfectionist. So, you know, he, he had no issue at all letting people try on, you know, 10 different T-shirts. And then he'd fold them all again meticulously and re-merchandise the retail area. It's like he really took charge and ownership of this small little area. And then quickly you recognize, hey, this guy can do so much here. Right. So then you train him in this aspect. And then pretty soon he's running the dining room. And then after running the dining room as the manager, now he's the general manager. Right. And now he's doing everything. Yeah. So awesome. He was the air traffic controller and still is to this and day. I, and, do it, and often doing it better than you could have because of his attention <laughs> Again, to detail, get right? Out, get out of the way. Yeah. You know, it's like surround yeah. yourself with great people and then yep. get out of the way. And exactly. That, and that is the key to empowerment. Yeah, so that's innovation awesome. and empowerment are the two words for today. The words for the week. Yeah, exactly. Words awesome. for the week. So think about in your own place what you can do, how you can empower people, and all the new ideas that you can come up with that not only drive new revenues, but really improve the guest experience, give people new reasons to come into your place, and engage your staff and give them new, new excitement for, for your operation. Yeah, and if you have something that you've come up with, share it with us. We'd love to share. Yeah, that's called best practices, right? Yeah. We'll definitely put it out in blog posts or in a future episode of the podcast. Definitely reach out. You know, we can you can send me an email at any time, Roger R O G E R restaurantrockstars.com and 
Give us some ideas for podcasts, things you might want to hear or learn about or things that are perplexing. Great success. Yeah, challenges, but also great success stories. If you, Love that. If you figured, if you had a challenge and you figured it out and you know a lot of other restaurant owners are having the same challenges, share it with us and we'll share it. And we also would love to hear from you. If, if you like this podcast and if you enjoy listening to what we're offering here, definitely give us a review on iTunes if you yeah, would. Yeah, that would appreciate help. that. I think that's one of the things. We haven't really been talking about that or asking, but as we understand more about the algorithms that iTunes and things use, I think reviews are super important. So if you could take a few minutes to log on there and just write a review, it would really help other restaurant owners find us. Any last-minute words, Fee? I think that's it. Well, it's been fun. It was fun. Thanks again for joining me. This is this has been a great collaboration. And that was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Thanks for joining us. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the, the Restaurant, Restaurant Rockstars, Rockstars podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. And while you're there, download a copy of the book, Rock Your Restaurant. It's a game changer. See you next time.